Welcome back to the Teen Challenger Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenger Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and you've chosen to listen to ours, and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions, fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally, this is an event that Teen Challenger Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside, where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching. But because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us. And it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Cimbala, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. Next up, we have Pastor Chap Clark from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Orange County, California. One last thing, if you're blessed by these podcasts, don't be shy to tell your friends and family about them. We encourage you to do so. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear His voice. And most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it. Be encouraged today. Hi, my name is Chap Clark, and it's so great. It's an honor for me to get to be with you in Teen Challenge, a ministry I've known about and been around on the fringes of for many, many years. And the last couple since I've been at the church where I am, St. Andrews, uh, our local Teen Challenge folks come down and and worship with us occasionally. And what a joy it is to be with those guys. So today I'm humbled and honored to be able to share thought from the scriptures uh, in this Spiritual Emphasis Week. Um, so thank you for joining me. If you have a Bible and you want to kind of take it out, uh, I encourage you to, because we're going to walk through a little passage in Mark chapter 4 to be able to look at this one who is Lord of all. Mark chapter 4, we're, we're, we're going to look at, starting at verse 35, this was a day when Jesus' popularity was really on the rise, and he's going around different places and, and speaking and teaching and touching and healing, and he's uh, by this, this lake there where they spent a lot of time, he and his disciples, so he's teaching during the day, and the crowds get so big, he gets in a boat and they pull off a little bit from shore so he can get to the whole crowd there. That's where we pick it up, starting at verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. This was a sort of frequent occurrence. He was with a lot of these guys that were his disciples, his followers. Uh, they were fishermen. They, they were used to being out on the water. So this was no big deal. They had their boat. And I guess all 13 of them fit into that boat, 12 disciples and Jesus. And so they got into that boat and they started to take off. It's getting dark, uh, but they knew what they were doing. And other boats started to go with him till he got to the other side of the lake. 
But then something happened. Life became a little crazy, not anywhere near as crazy as a major worldwide pandemic virus. And really not even as crazy as what we've seen just the last few weeks in our culture, where there's so much pain and heartache and struggle and injustice, unfairness, oppression. That's true, it's individuals, but it's also kind of the way we collectively have lived for so long. We got a lot of work to do. But it was nonetheless a big storm as they're out in the boat. Let's pick it up. Uh, verse uh, 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Uh, in that part of the world, in this particular lake, these, these storms come out of nowhere. The wind kind of picks up, it's sort of shallow, and so the waves can really get ramped up fast. And so this furious squall, this big storm kind of came right at them. The wind and the rain and the waves are coming over it. And then, you know, at that time, their boats weren't all that well designed. You know, they floated fine and had a little, probably a little sail and some oars. But man, in, in light of a big storm, what were they going to do? So this storm got to them and they're starting uh, to try to figure out what to do. So they're pulling in the, the lines for their sail. They're trying to row furiously, water's starting to come over the side, so maybe they got some kind of bucket or something to get the water out. So all 12 of them are kind of furiously around their boat trying just to save the boat. Where's Jesus in all this? That's where we pick it up. In verse 38, Jesus was in the back, stern, sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was asleep, he was so tired after all this day of teaching that he says, guys, let's go to the other side of the lake. And he goes in the back and he lays down, falls asleep. Disciples kind of push off, you know, they're rowing, the wind's blowing and, and it's getting scarier and scarier. The wind's uh, forcing the water into the boat. The boat is getting less and less stable. And these guys that are just, uh, great fishermen, been on the water their whole life, and there they are, trying to save the boat, and somebody says, where's Jesus? Well, you wake him up. No, I, I'm not going to wake him up. So they all get together, and all the scriptures tell us in the next verse is the disciples woke him. The disciples, not one of them, all of them, or at least a whole bunch of them. So as they get together, they're probably arguing for a while, saying, this is getting desperate. We need his help. He, at least he can help us to bail out this water. Or, or maybe, you know, all the other stuff we've seen, maybe he can do something about this. Well, they didn't go to him one by one. They all came at him, and, and they certainly screamed at him because of, they were in great fear. The disciples woke him, verse 38, and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Wow, you just take a look at that sentence. They had gotten to the point where they challenged his character. They had, they had gotten beyond the point of, Lord, help us out here. We need you. No, no, that's not what they did. They challenged his character. Don't you care if we drown? 
You know, that, that is an important question for us. Because every one of us, every one of us, um, has gone through storms in our lives. Some of them we've contributed to, and they're part of our own history and makeup and who we are, what we've done, what we've been about. But a lot of them, they happen to us. Storms come from all different directions, inside of us and outside of us. And they can cause us to panic. They can cause us to, to just want to reach out and say to God, help me. But sometimes those storms get so tough that we skip right over the help me, Lord, into the, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? And certainly a bunch of them came to him. He's sleeping there and literally with the wind and the waves and the sound and the roar, they probably raised their voices as they said, don't you care? We're going to die here. You ever felt that way? Sure you have. People around us have felt that way when we've gone through tough stuff in our lives as well. Where, where is this Jesus, this Lord of all? This one who is the one who created all things, the Father speaks it, and Jesus, the Son of God, made it happen. Check out Colossians chapter 1 sometime. Jesus, the agent of creation, this all-powerful God who's fallen asleep in the midst of the storm. Lord of all, where are you? There's going to be times, even right now, but maybe next week, maybe next year, maybe in 10 years, where you're going to wonder where he is. You're going to have the circumstances in your life or just kind of this raw loneliness and security in your gut that will cause you to move right over, Lord, I need you, into, Lord, don't you care? Help me, I'm desperate. But look what happened. On that day, that evening, <clears throat> all it says, verse 39 of Mark 4, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no trust? Why, why were you guys so afraid? Do you still have no faith in me? Do you not believe in who I am? Do you not know that I'm Lord of all? And you've cast your lot with me. You've uh, recognized who I am. You've heard my voice. You've looked into my eyes. You've given your life to me. What made you so afraid? What made you think I didn't care? <laughs> I love that next verse, verse 40, 41. They were terrified. Well, they were frightened before, but they were more terrified now because they saw God in action and asked each other, who is this? Verse 41, even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this one that's at the center of Teen Challenge? 
that it's the heart of all the things you've been dealing with and talking about, whatever got you to Teen Challenge, whatever is, has given you the support you have with Teen Challenge, the body of Christ way beyond Teen Challenge, that continues to remind us that Jesus Christ, even though we may think he's so distant, that he's asleep at the wheel, that doesn't mean he stops caring. No matter how big your storms are, no matter what you've been through, uh, he's not asleep. He's active, he's caring. I have someone in my life that's really important to me and uh, I've known him a long time. <clears throat> And oh gosh, a decade or more ago, uh, started drinking a lot. Started uh, um, giving himself away to despair. And the way he would numb himself was to go use alcohol and pot. And then he would allow his anger to well up. And when he would combine his abuse of alcohol and marijuana and and then in his marriage, a new marriage, would connect that to his own despair and insecurity and stuff going on the inside. It would explode in anger. And after a few months of this, this just shattered his marriage. It shattered his wife, of course. But it really broke him. Maybe some of you can identify that. I haven't had that kind of life. I, I don't have the chemical urges for that kind of stuff, but I got fear and I got insecurity and I got anger sometimes. These are part of the human condition, just like those disciples in the boat. Well, my friend went through several years of fighting his own addiction, of trying to work it out, but still having this gnawing despair. And it took him a long time, but over time as he allowed the Lord to heal him by reminding him that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He was able to move through this and to rebuild his life and to serve Christ. And that's what he's doing right now on the front lines. Downtown LA serving the broken and the poor and the lost and the marginalized. He's given his life away because he knows that Jesus has given his life for my friend. Don't you care we're drowning? The Lord of all, great theoretical idea. All our knowledge and all our understanding of theology, that the Bible that tells us that God is real and God is powerful, and if we give our life to him, he's gonna be faithful to us, and that is true, but it's true on a much deeper level than the circumstances that we find ourselves and we get so easily in despair. The wind can blow and the waves come over the boat and we think we got no hope. Maybe right now it's just a little drizzle for you. Maybe it's just a little drizzle. Maybe you just are sitting in that boat and you're feeling alone. Or maybe it is a raging storm and you're wondering, how are you going to survive it? And then you look back at the back of the boat and you wonder, uh, how, how can Jesus sleep at a time like this? How, how can Jesus sleep when there's so much incredible brokenness, 
incredible violence, uh, racial injustice, the looters that that just stole from people and and the people that killed each other on both sides and the brandishing of weapons all over the U.S., hundreds of cities. Then this virus that's killed 120,000 or more of us Americans and we're not done yet. We're in the second inning of a nine-inning game, maybe. And we ask, don't you care? Lord of all, where are you? My friends at Teen Challenge, here's a thought for you. We know right from that passage of scripture how this thing was going to end. We, we know for sure what the end game is of Jesus entering that boat, allowing himself to fall asleep, certainly knowing full well that that storm was coming. How do we know this? How do we know that Jesus was in control? How do we know that Jesus, Lord of all, there's nothing to worry about because he was there? Well, two reasons. One is, he was in the boat with them. He was in the boat with them. The presence of Jesus Christ. At the end of the four Gospels, if you look at your Bible, and the very beginning of the book of Acts, describe all those men and women, about 120 of them, that were the earliest followers of Jesus that held on to him after he raised from the dead. And in Acts 1, he promises that the Holy Spirit will come, his own spirit. He will be with us forever. And then he ascends to heaven, and sure enough, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came. As you give your life to Christ, as you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus comes inside of you, and you can be sure that he is present with you, even in the midst of of horrible storms. You need not be afraid. And you definitely don't need to question his character. That's why we read the scriptures. That's why we pray. Prayer is not telling him what you want and need. Yeah, that's part of it, but most it's crawling into his lap, knowing he's with you and he holds you and he guides you by his spirit. So that's the first thing we see here. He was in the boat with the guys. He's in the boat with you. The second thing is he has promised you something. Remember where that passage starts. In verse 35 of Mark 4. Hey guys, it's been a long day. Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. We're going to cross over to the other side of the lake. What's he saying? We're going to get there. We're not going to the middle and then just going down and having some other boat rescue us. We're not going to be floundering offshore to try to swim back. We're going to the other side of the lake. Not only is Jesus present with you, he was present with them in the boat, but he promises them that they will reach the other side of the lake. When Jesus said, let's go to the other side, they're going to the other side. So when they wake him up and they shouted him, don't you care if we drown? We already know we're going to drown. Don't you care? 
And Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves. Hush now, be still. Everything was quite calm. Wasn't that a freaky, freaky thing? And he turns to his friends as they're all sitting there shivering. As the wind stops dead calm, the boat just slightly rocks. And Jesus looks at them and says, what happened? What happened? What made you so afraid? Do you still not trust me? That word, do you not believe? The word, whenever you see the word believe in the Bible or faith in the Bible, it's always the concept of trust. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We place our trust in Jesus Christ. Why were you so afraid? Do you not trust me? I told you we're going to the other side of the lake. So we're going to the other side of the lake. Guys, enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes. One of the lies about Christianity is once you become a Christian, everything's perfect. No, you're going to fall apart some. We all do. You're going to fail sometimes. We all do. You're going to need support. We all do. But through it all, Jesus is present. And here's what you need to remember. The Lord of all promises to take you to the other side. He not only is with you, but he is taking you home to the place he's created for you. That's the Lord of all. It's this king of the wind and the waves the disciples said, who is this? Even the wind, even the waves obey him. He's the Lord of all. He's the great king. He holds us in the palm of his hand. He knows your name. He may be seemingly asleep in the cushion, but he's never gone. He's just reminding you to trust him because he's going to take you to the other side of the lake. Such a privilege to be with you in Teen Challenge. So grateful for all the work that's been done over the many years of Teen Challenge. And, <clears throat> um, I'm really, really honored to be with you. But please remember this. Jesus Christ is faithful. And he's with you. And he will take you home. God bless you guys. Thanks. Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.